Hello and welcome to Connect FCS Ed Podcast, where we talk about family and consumer sciences education. Each episode is geared to recruit, support, and retain the professional FCS educator. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to help boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you recently discovered the show, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. So a couple of weeks ago, we just finished up my Washington Fall Virtual FCS Conference. And let me tell you, it was amazing. There is something to be said about having a fall virtual workshop and be able to be in the comforts of your own home, learning, exploring new highly engaging activities and not have to go anywhere and be in your pajamas. (laughs) It was great. And during my one of my workshops, I was introduced to one of our keynote speakers, Dr. Randy Russell, who is author to the three ships, relationships, leaderships and partnerships. And Dr. Randy Russell, he's superintendent and author as well as leadership consultant. And we got to talking and he I invited him onto the podcast because what he has to share, it doesn't go just for family consumer sciences. It goes across the board for all educators. So today's episode is about self-care and the power of self-care. And Dr. Russell has a lot of research and powerful insights that he is happily able to share with us. So please welcome Dr. Randy Russell of the Three Ships podcast, as well as author. Welcome, Randy. I'm so glad that you're here. You bet. Well, thank you, Barb. It's a real honor to join you. So really appreciate it. Looking forward to just having some fun and getting a chance to visit today. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about just, gosh, you have so much information just available on the web, and you're all over the place. And it's been really fascinating for me as a teacher who, being in my own conference, to listen to your story, which it was inspiring. So I would love for you to kind of touch base just a little bit on your your background. You bet. Well, been very fortunate to be in education. This is my 33rd year, Barb, and started like many of us, right, as a teacher and as a coach, and then got a chance to get into administration. I'm currently the Freeman School District Superintendent. I've been here for 10 years and just having a blast. You know, I just really love it. Uh, I'm married to a great teacher, uh, Shauna. She's a family consumer science teacher, and she does a fantastic job. We've got four kids. Uh, Our oldest two uh, daughters are both educators. One's a fifth grade teacher and one's a kindergarten teacher. And then we have a son in the high school and our youngest uh, is a middle school student. So I I truly believe, Barb, by the time that the kids are all grown up and Sean and I have probably finished our careers, we'll have five of the six of our family members uh, will be in education. And that's something we're really proud of. I I'm just really proud of educators. I'm really proud of teachers. I'm just very appreciative and thankful for the amazing job that teachers do for kids. 
their heart is there to serve kids. They love serving students. They want to do the very best to bring out the best in kids. And I see that every day here in Freeman. And I see that every day, you know, not just across the state of Washington, but in other states, you know, of working with educators. And I, like you, I'm really proud to be an educator. I know that our work is extremely important and it's very helpful for not just the student, but their families and that people lean heavily on educators to make a difference. And so not just for my own family, but also our experiences, you know, in education, it's just been great to be able to serve other people and to watch all of the students that we've been able to impact, you know, go on and make a difference. I, I think some of the the students that I had, you know, when I first started as a teacher, you know, to see them as successful parents and husbands and wives, and many of them, Barb, have gone into education. In fact, uh, one of my my favorite students when I was a high school teacher is uh, a superintendent in Oregon, and she was the Oregon State Superintendent of the Year. So you see these students grow up and become adults, and boy, it just really is very satisfying and gratifying. So thankful to be an educator and appreciative of all the educators out there. Absolutely. I I love that. I agree completely with you. I swear I'm talking about education all of the time. It's it's all that I seem to you know think about. It consumes me wholly because we are on the cutting edge of something new, something great. But also with that greatness, it's kind of terrifying, kind of looking, you know, we're at the edge of a cliff looking down and going, oh my gosh, what are we doing? So, but I am, I'm so excited about where education is going because it's needed a a revamp for a long time coming. So 2020 has been an exciting year. (laughs) Yes, it has. And you know, what an opportunity. For those of us that are in education, it's certainly been difficult yeah. and there are a lot of challenges, you know, whether you're a teacher or an administrator, you know, a school board member, bus driver, whatever role you play. And everybody plays an extremely important role in a successful school district, you know, to think about the challenges and the difficulties that we've been through in the last 10 months, let's say, as, mm-hmm. you know, educators, there's also this great opportunity and there, there's this chance really to take the best of both worlds, take the great things of what we had before we got into this challenging time with COVID, and then to take the very best of what we've learned during the last 10 months. And if we can combine those, and I'm just a firm believer that as great as teachers were back in the spring, and we have many outstanding educators, teachers are even better today than they were a month ago or four months ago or eight months ago. Mm -hmm. So what a great opportunity for us. And we would really be, you know, remiss if we didn't take advantage of this opportunity to improve. You know, I can speak for the teachers here in Freeman, and I just see them on a daily basis improving. And, you know, they've had to be so flexible and they'd have to be very adaptable to a changing environment. And, you know, talking to one of our first grade teachers today, you know, she was obviously, you know, upset because all of her kids aren't here on campus And she's doing such a great job. And just to remind her and reassure, you know, you are just doing a fantastic job sharing with kids. And, you know, there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of great opportunity ahead of us because eventually, Barb, we're going to get the kids back. Mm -hmm. You know, we are going to have the students back here. And let's hope it's not 
what it was like before. Let's hope it's better. And I think we're going to have that for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was actually with my classes today, I was just talking to them kind of candidly going, they're asking, how do I like being a virtual teacher? And, and I took a moment and I said, you're probably not going to like my answer. And they're like, Oh, really? Why? And I go, because I actually am really loving it. I have I, yes, of course, I miss you guys like crazy and I want to see you in person and not just read your names on <laughs> on the black tiles of Zoom, yeah. but there is something to be said with the lessons that I have created to take it a step further and beyond and to become better than if we were in our classes. I think the things that I have created for our learning it has excelled not only myself, but it has stepped my students up to a much higher level of thinking instead of, oh, let's do this. Everything is more intuitive with my virtual lessons. I've created these digital interactive notebooks where there's a lot of drop and drag or click and drags and doing online scavenger hunts. And they're having to they're actually having to apply more of their networking knowledge into my digital workbooks versus if they were in class. I think we wouldn't be as committed to following through with them. So there's, there's a lot to be said when it comes to pivoting from a in-person structure to a virtual structure. And then Moving forward, I told him, I go, what I'm most excited about is that I'm going to be able to keep all of the things that I've made and we're going to be able to use them in class always moving forward from now on. And I'll be able to supplement all these other, my other tools, right? But yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited about what we've become so far. So for sure. Well, we have a choice, right? Yep. You know, we, we can't control everything. There are a lot of things that are out of our control, mm-hmm. but we can certainly choose our attitude. Yep. You know, we can certainly control our work ethic. We can certainly control how we treat people. All those things should be constant regardless of the circumstances or the situation that you're in. And I loved what you said, because in that choice is you can choose to be bitter or you can choose to be better. Mm-hmm. And hopefully people are choosing to be better. And they're using this as an opportunity, kind of like a springboard, right? Mm-hmm. To a higher level of excellence or a better, a better level of service or a more engaging classroom for kids, whatever it looks like, let's choose better. Cause that's, that's what's going to help the kids the most. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Oh gosh, a long time. It was a gosh, my, so I'm only a fourth year educator, but in my first year, uh, like mentor class, my mentors were talking about the the roller coaster of engagement or the teacher burnout. And you start really high with the anticipation. And then all of a sudden it dives and it goes under the bench line of like, oh my gosh, the dread, the fear. And then slowly you start going up past the benchmark of you're getting excited and moving forward because of the learning. And I want to say I think we all, as administrators, school board, teachers, parents, hopefully parents, because I'm a parent also, but they, our students and our teachers 
we're all on the that teacher burnout roller coaster ride right now. But honestly, I feel like I've come out of that slump and I'm just now starting to see teachers come out of that first year virtual slump of like, okay, we're getting excited again. We have a lot of good things going for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, you've got the the cycle of grief Mm -hmm. and you've got the cycle of change and most people know what those are. But, you know, when you have both of them, which is really what educators have gone through. They've gone through a cycle of grief Mm -hmm. because you've not been able to see your kids in person for many educators across the nation. And then you also have this cycle of change where literally things are changing weekly, if not daily, if not hourly. So when you combine those two together, you know, many of us are concerned about the wellness of our staff because For us, our staff is our family. And, you know, when you're in a place like a Freeman or a Chihuahua or a Richland High or, you know, Adams Elementary in Yakima or in Spokane, wherever you're at, your staff is your family. And, you know, like many of my colleagues, I'm worried Mm -hmm. about our staff. And so keeping an eye on the self-care, you know, component of this, keeping an eye on the social, emotional well-being, the mental, the physical the spiritual well-being for staff members is really important. This has been a really personal passion for myself for a number of years. You know, we've all had our difficulties that we've dealt with in our lives. And certainly, you know, that self-care is such an important piece. So we've got to keep an eye on each other and we've got to be there to support each other so that we can help each other kind of come through this cycle of change and this, you know, this cycle of grief and create a hopeful, positive, you know, future, right? Whether it's for kids or for staff members, it's extremely important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I I couldn't help but notice when I was perusing your website the other day, you are actually going to be, are you hosting or are you co-hosting a self-care webinar? Yeah, so we have got a self-care webinar that's offered in December. And uh, it's with my good friends, uh, Dr. Michelle Price, uh, Tim Rippon, and Kelly Amos. We're going to team together. And Barb, it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I mean, we're, we're developing a truly repeatable program to help people with their social, emotional, their mental, their physical, and their spiritual wellness. And, uh, you know, Kelly's going to talk a little bit about biohacking. Tim's going to talk about a steady approach for success. We've got Michelle talking about self-care and what that looks like in each of the different components. And then I'm going to tackle a little bit about the three shifts, which is the relationships, leadership, and partnerships, climbing your own mountain and your 24-hour clock. And so anybody that joins us, and it really is open, Barb, to anybody, educators, we've you know opened it up to the fire department, police department folks connected with their local church, business leaders, uh, nonprofit uh, organizations, you're going to be able to come away with some fantastic strategies and an action plan where you can immediately begin working on your self-care. And then we're going to wrap back around you in January and check in and see how you've done with your strategies and your action plan. So I'm really excited and, and our team is doing a great job. We just opened up the registration here basically last Friday and we're already getting people signed up and 
registered and they're excited and they're calling. And so we can't wait to offer it. We wanted it to be available. We wanted it to be accessible and we wanted it to be affordable so that people could access it. And really it could be something that would be meaningful and helpful. And, you know, you throw in the holidays, Barb, Mm -hmm. and it gets to be a tough time, you know, for folks. So this is going to be a real upbeat, positive message. And you're going to leave with some great strategies and action plan. No, I I'm excited for that. And I'm, I'm toying around with the idea of like, this might be good for me just because yeah, the holidays, they are hard. And, but also it's a time for rejuvenation. And I think your self-care webinar couldn't come at a better time. Well, appreciate that. And the nice thing with it is that we're going to be able to use it as a springboard for 2021. So, you know, folks are, I mean, they they really are ready for a reset. They're ready to refresh themselves. They're ready to renew themselves. And so the self-care seminar is going to do just that and get some positive momentum going into 2021. Yeah. And we all need a lot of positive momentum. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. (laughs) All of us. All of us. Yeah. So, well, I'm curious. So what has you being a superintendent and having so many amazing teachers, colleagues under your belt, has there been some standout successful moments that you have witnessed amongst your, your colleagues? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's every day, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, just seeing a student, you know, be able to be successful. You know, it could be a student that, you know, is coming into kindergarten right now. This is their first experience. And fortunately for us in Freeman, when we started the school year, kindergartners were able to be on campus one day a week. That's how we started the school year. And gradually we've stepped in there, Barb, where the kindergartners now are here five days a week in person for learning. So, you know, seeing that growth, right? Seeing the growth that our teachers, seeing the teamwork that our school district and school districts working with other school districts is so important. You know, I don't know if I've ever seen another time in my career where you have seen so many people leaning in and working to help support each other within and across school district boundaries. You know, I'm not just really proud of teachers and classified staff. I'm really proud of superintendents, you know, and principals, you know, transportation directors and nutrition services directors and technology directors and special ed directors and finance directors and all the different, you know, folks that you have. You know, we have about 150 staff members here in Freeman and We always say, and we really believe every single person has an important piece of the puzzle Mm -hmm. and nobody's piece of the puzzle is any bigger than anybody else's piece of the puzzle. Well, when you have Freeman then working with Spokane, who has 30,000 kids or CV, who has 14,500 students, or we're working to partner with Grandview, you know, school district, which has 3,500 students in the Yakima school district, right? We're, we're all doing the same thing. We're here to serve kids. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what your zip code is, what school district you're in, you know, you're, you're going to get Freeman's best to help support whoever you are, wherever you're at, because we're all basically focused in on the same mission. And I'm just really proud of educators and how great of a job they have done to really answer the call to help support kids. And I think our families are also very appreciative. They're still navigating. What does this look like for me as a parent? 
if my child is home five days a week or three days a week or two days a week or whatever it is. And I think there's a new appreciation for the difficulty to be a great teacher. And parents are seeing it up close and personal and they're even more thankful, right? I mean, we're just, we're getting a ton of support from our parents and it's really, it's really awesome to see it, Barb. And again, just super thankful for that. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I'd love to hear having been married to a fantastic FCS educator yourself, how has your wife done during all of her new learnings? Yeah, it's been a challenge. You know, it's been really difficult for her because Shauna wants to, like 99.9% of the teachers in the world, right, they thrive off of the energy and the excitement of seeing their students, you know, in person. Before COVID, we had online learning. There have been some staff, right, who have taught virtually. So we've done this before. We've just never done it full time, five days a week for all students. And so for Shauna, it's been really challenging, Barb. And she's come home and, you know, she's not really one to get too upset about things. But I've seen her probably more frustrated and more upset about this school year than maybe all the other years that she's been in education. And she's, you know, she's 26, 27 years, you know, of being in education. And she's got a lot of experience under her belt. She's a fantastic teacher. She loves her kids. So this has been hard, right, for us as a family. And it's been hard when you see your kids, you know, who can't be at school. It's hard when you see your other kids who are teachers or, you know, in our case, we, we have a daughter who's a very first year of teaching is in this experience, you know, uh-huh. and when you're a seasoned veteran, you can figure out how to navigate this. But if you're a first year teacher or a first year principal or a first year superintendent, and this is the world that you're living in, boy, that is challenging. So we've got to, we've got to stay together because everybody's going to be frustrated at some point in time yeah. from the superintendents, you know, all the way through any, any certificated classified or leadership team member. No, absolutely. I can't. Yeah, I I can't even go on to tell you how many uh, uh, stress relieving walks I have gone. I've had to get <laughs> yes. up and I have to go. I have to go. It just don't. Nope. And my kids, my husband, they they're just like out of the way. Let her go. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know we're going to get away for a couple of days, Sean and I, which is going to be really nice. And I told her you can't take your laptop. And I think what we've seen, Barb, is that you know educators are so dedicated right to their students Mm -hmm. and they want to do just a fantastic job. And so what we've seen the last eight to 10 months is teachers feel that they have to be like 7-Eleven. They have to be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so you don't really get a break and you don't get a mental break because your things are changing. You want to do your best and you're trying to figure out how to navigate this new world. So I think it'll be really nice for her and I to just take a break for a couple of days, not think about school, have a mental health day for ourselves. You know, the four of the six of us went to Glacier National Park about a month ago nice. and we, we snuck out for the weekend and went on some hiking and it was just what the doctor ordered. And again, I know it connects back to self-care, but what, whether you're a teacher or a secretary or, you know, an assistant principal, whatever your role is, please just take a little time for yourself, you know, disengage from school for a little time so you can keep yourself fresh and take those breaks when you need them because they're so important. 
They're so important. And I have to say, it wasn't until the beginning of October that I, for the first time, I, I told my students it was Monday morning, they're like, Miss, how's your weekend? I'm like, you know what? I didn't get on my computer once. I, I had my phone and yeah, I saw emails, but I did not even go in to open them up. I didn't work on anything. I just, I was outside or I was inside binge watching some television shows, just trying to just clear out my head and oh, the relief that I felt it just a huge weight was lifted off of my shoulders and I was able to just have candid conversations with my students and just say, I didn't do anything, but it meant everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, good for you. They were all encouraging (laughs) because they can tell when they've gotten to know me well enough, even though I only see, you know, my students twice a week. They they can tell when I've been working at the computer for too long. They've called me out a couple of times. They're like, Miss, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm tired. They're like, we can tell. Your energy is a lot lower. You're kind of at a slower pace. We can just tell you're dragging. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> They're checking in on me. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, you, you appreciate that, right, as an educator that your students and students are smart. Mm-hmm. You know, Barb, and it doesn't matter if you're a third grader or you're a junior in high school. You know, students are smart and they want not just to please and do a good job for their teachers, but they also care about their teachers. Mm-hmm. And, and they want to know that their teachers are okay. Just like teachers want to know that their students are okay and they're always checking in on their students because students pick up on things very easily and very quickly. And if they see that their teacher isn't quite themselves, most students will say something, yep. which you really appreciate as an educator. No, you're you're right. And my students, they're pretty comfortable with me where they will, but they call me out from time to time. Like, how are you doing? No, really. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and today, in fact, so I teach foods and nutrition one and interior design but today was my interior design one students and they, I swear my fourth hour were crickets, but then my fifth hour, I don't even know how the conversation got started, but they were asking about who do I need to talk to because I want to go back to school. I want to go back to school. I had like eight students say, we want to go back to school, but because my mom has she has two autoimmune diseases and my and I have siblings who have some autoimmune disease. We can't risk me going to school and bringing home something that could potentially impact them. And so they were asking, who do we contact before to get that, to figure out how we can remain in a virtual environment? And I'm like, honestly, I contact our superintendent or contact in my district, we have, it's called iPal and it's the virtual, uh, virtual setting. But then all of a sudden we got on a whole new topic of what iPal is. And I've had students who were chiming in who never speak 
all of a sudden they're talking going, oh, we did iPal. This was our experience. And it was a nothing to do with interior design, but it was the, all of a sudden I had video cameras were coming on. I was having students who otherwise are always on mute. They were engaged and they were involved in their own education for the first time. So that was exciting. Yeah, nice. But trying to help them because overall, we're all just trying to help each other (laughs) navigate this world if we need to stay in a virtual setting or if we are willing to go back into that face-to-face setting. So... Yeah. And it is, it's, it is about navigating it, you know, Barb and trying to figure it out and everybody's doing their best. Yep. Right. And you know, it's, it's pretty easy to judge somebody else based on what you think they're doing or how they're doing. But the bottom line is if you take care of doing the things that you need to do and you're helping others and you're supporting others, that creates a winning formula for success. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've got to start with myself make sure I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing the way I'm supposed to be doing it and making sure that I'm helping set up other people for success by supporting them, being there, being available. And when you've got that kind of a combination going, then you can have a lot of success in a classroom, in a building, you know, in a school district, because it is some tough waters, you know, to navigate. No, it is. I would love for you to share a little bit about your three ships. Yes, thank you. It's an honor to talk about the three ships. So two of my best buddies, Kyle Rydell, who's the superintendent of West Valley School District here in Spokane, and Brian Talbot, who's the superintendent of the Nine Mile Falls School District. We got together several years back uh, for lunch at Red Robin in downtown Spokane, and we were talking about a theme that we wanted to develop when I was going to become the incoming president for WASA, the Washington Association of School Administrators. And so we were talking about that everything really was focused around relationships, right? Student to student, student to teacher, you know, parent with school, principal with their staff, a superintendent with their board. And we were talking about relationships as a way to connect the 295 school district superintendents. And then we got to talk about, well, our roles as superintendent is extremely important in terms of our leadership. That, you know, and I believe, Barb, that the single most important factor for teaching and learning in a classroom is the classroom teacher. And that if you look at the building level, the impact of the principal, they can have an extremely positive impact with their leadership on the building. Same thing with the superintendent, that think everything rises and falls with leadership. And if a superintendent's doing a great job with their board, that becomes a role model for the district. And you can see it from the classroom to the boardroom. So we had kind of identified the first two ships, the relationship and the leadership. And then we start talking about how this was a team sport. And that you had all of these groups that were working together. And we started listing all of the groups. So you've got parents, you've got staff, you've got students, you've got community members, you've got all these different agencies, you've got businesses. And then that developed the third ship, which was partnerships. And we immediately, just like with a quick 
snap of the finger said, hey, we've got a consistent theme here around the ship or the ship's part of relationship, leadership, and partnerships, which then developed the three ships. And so we took that and ran with it. And when I became the president, we met with our group of WASA leaders, with OSPI, with PESB, with WEA, with the WASDA group, which is the school directors group. We met with a WASBO. So you had all of these agencies that were partners with WASA. And we brought all of their leaders together with our leaders. And we had a training session, a professional development session around the three ships. And it just took off from there. And so then you had agencies and school districts started adopting the three ships as a focus, right? Because they're like, hey, everything exists around relationships, leadership, and partnerships. Like this is a concept that can stick. And so from there, I developed a, like a professional development session for a couple of schools and school districts that I was working with. And then somebody said, well, why don't you write a book? Like, why don't you put it all together in writing? And I said, no, nobody's going to read that. Like, I mean, they, you know, they're, they're, that isn't going to be anything of interest. And they're like, so a couple other people, Barb said, yeah, write, Randy, write something. So I went back and I, I got some old articles, Barb, that I had written. And I started rereading articles that I had already published before. And there was about eight of them that were really connected around relationships, leadership, partnerships. But I had never thought of them in terms of the three ships concept before. They were more individual articles. So as I read through them, I'm like, I think I could pull these together and maybe I could bring in a couple of stories. And so I just started writing and I'm not a great typist. So using the little microphone connected to Google Docs was a great tool for me. And I literally just started talking and recording and editing different concepts and ideas connected to these articles and these three tenants of the three ships. And lo and behold, in about four weeks, I had written the very first draft of the book. So I decided last January of, of basically 2020 that I was going to write this book and put it together. So I, I put it together in about four weeks and then I started working with uh, some contributing editors and an editor. And we just started working through the process and then COVID hit <laughs> in March, right? February, March. And that was right about the time that I had just kind of finished up the first round of editing and was ready to send it off to an editor. Well, the thing took off, Barb. Mm -hmm. So not only, you know, have we been able to work with numerous schools and school districts, but we've also been able to connect with several different chambers of commerce and several different business groups. And I think probably since the summertime, I've probably presented on the three shifts maybe 15 or 16 times. And the feedback has been fantastic. Superintendents are buying it for their cabinets and their school boards. Principals are buying it for their leadership team members and their staffs. We've done entire book studies for an entire building staff, certs and classified. And the momentum of this thing has just absolutely gone nuts. I mean, it's really humbling and it's, it's great. And I got to share a couple of personal stories, you know, about my own teachers, Mr. Baird and Mr. Pond, you know, who over 35 years ago, you know, made a huge impact on me as a high school student and have influenced my life for the last 35 years. And, you know, to be able to tell those stories, because everybody's got a story. If I 
ask you right now, Barb, or anybody listening to the podcast, who's your favorite teacher? Instantaneously, you can tell me who your favorite teacher is, and then I can ask you why. And almost every single time, it has nothing to do with English or math or science or whatever the subject is. And it has everything to do with the relationship and the fact that the teacher believed in you as a student or saw something in you or encouraged you or whatever it was. And for this to be able to come alive, it's just been amazing. And we're going to write it. And now I'm working with a group of contributing teachers. So we're going to write a uh, three ships meets kind of a chicken soup for the soul for teachers book. And I've already got 20 uh, of my friends uh, who are teachers and phenomenal, like teachers of the year, amazingly, you know, nationally known teachers. They're bringing out their very best stories for me. So that's going to be my project for 2021 is to write the second uh, book, kind of a, a connection to the three ships and just thank everybody for your support. It's been awesome. I love that. I absolutely believe in stories are powerful. That is what brings, that's what forges us together. It brings us that connection piece and it humanizes us and everybody has a story. And like what you mentioned, you know, it's not about the content. It's about the relationship that you forged while you were in that content. And like I have university professor who I have the utmost respect for who he saw me for my potential. And then in my high school years, I had my, um, she was like my homeroom teacher and she, she's no longer, she's, she's passed, but she was, she was my rock in high school. And, and she came to bat for me all the time. So yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's exciting. And it, Oh, I, I don't even know. It just, it shivers up my spine just thinking about Miss McDade and Mr. Lupton and all the other teachers who have been a part of my journey throughout education. And, but it always, it always falls back in, goes back to the home. You know, how was, how was education deemed in your home life growing up? And in my home life, education was the utmost the highest priority, but it was always the hardest because I was not that traditional student. So that was a hard, my hard journey. And it was always so frustrating <laughs> because my brother could have been the straight A student who didn't have to do anything. He could just right off the cup of, you know, the snap of his fingers, he could pull something out of thin air and he's gone. And then there was me who would be just struggling. And yeah, but there's, there's a lot to be said when it comes to stories and connections, because it inspires us to push forward, go above and beyond. It makes me think of an arrow. An arrow is never going backwards. An arrow is always shooting forward. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And for any child, their first, you know, teacher is their parent. Yep. You know, whether it's a mom or a dad or, you know, maybe you're raised by your grandparents or, you know, whoever it is, that that first teacher is is the is someone at home that's helping raise you. And 
you know, as I, as I wrote the three ships, it was nice to be able to tell some stories about my siblings and some friends and my parents, you know, involvement in that. And then also, you know, I'm here today because of my high school librarian, Mr. Baird. He was a teacher and a coach. And if not for Mr. Baird, I would have never got into education. And, you know, so being able to tell the story, you know, about Mr. Baird in the book or your parents or, you know, a couple of friends, two of my best friends are who we're going to see on this trip that Sean and I are going to. And I wrote about him in the book because we've known each other for, you know, almost 50 years. And uh, those relationships, you know, that connection, Barb, as you know, is just, it's so critical and the stories connected to it. That's what brings back the great memories. And that's what also gives you the hope of what's ahead mm-hmm. because you can rely on those relationships with your family or your friends or people who have had a major impact in your life. And, you know, for you and I, we get an opportunity to be able to give that back and to help serve others in a way which is not just super important and a high priority for us, but it's also very gratifying to be able to serve somebody else when you don't expect anything else in return. Yep. And I think that is, that's probably one of the best part uh, about serving. Yes. It truly is a servant. You truly are serving others with the no expectation of getting anything in return. But when you do, it it means the world to you. I think about in you as a teacher and then you as a superintendent. I'm sure you still have a binder full of thank you cards or thank you letters from your students. Those are your pick-me-ups when you're having a rough day. Absolutely. And I've kept every one of them yep. for over 30 years. And you're exactly right. Because, you know, for myself, if I'm having a bad day, which everybody does, of course, or you're dealing with a difficulty or something's come up, there's a couple of things that I can do. One is I can go on a walk of gratitude, which includes usually stopping by kindergarten. Because when you're a superintendent, no matter what anybody else thinks about you, when you go to kindergarten, they think you're a rock star. They think you're a superstar, right? And to be able to go in there, Mr. Russell, you know, it's so great to see you. And, you know, you get hugs and high fives. It just wipes away, Barb, any of the other issues that you're dealing with. And then the other one is to pull the drawer out, be able to go into your stack that you're talking about, pull out a card or a letter or something. And, you know, we don't need many pats on the back as educators. You know, we we serve because we love Mm -hmm. to help kids. But being able to get something that you can reread over time and it can bring back a memory connected to a relationship of either a student or a family or a colleague that you were working with or whoever it was, boy, that goes a long ways. And we don't need many of them, but, you know, all you need is one and it'll, it'll get your bounce right back. Absolutely. No, it, it really does. And I have a, a little mini binder back at, at my school, at my desk, just just waiting for me going because I I didn't want to bring everything home, but there's been a few days where it's like, Oh, I could really use that binder right now. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. We all can. Oh, absolutely. Well, this has been a honor and a joy just talking with you about self-care. I, this has been an amazing just conversation. 
talking about self-care, talking just tools and strategies and the hope for a better future as we move forward in this uncertainty time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's been an honor to join you and just thanks for all that you're doing, you know, Barb, to get the word out and the, this message of hope to not just family consumer science teachers, but to other teachers, yeah. right. And to families. And, you know, that's one thing that we can always, you know, do is, is be dealers of hope and be there to support other people. So thank you so much for having me. It's been really an honor. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I will, will plug your, uh, the self-care webinar and we'll have that up on my website for you and uh, just kind of you know spread the word because knowledge is power and i believe firmly you know we're all we're better together we truly are absolutely we are yeah and if anybody has any questions you know they can always reach out you know contact me you know i've got my website which is randyrussell.org got an email it's got a phone number and uh, you know i'm good at getting back to people so if there's anything I can do to help support other educators or other folks that are trying to serve kids, I'm always available. Yes, we all are. Well, yes. thank you. And I want to honor your time. So thank you so much. And we will be in touch soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you, Barb. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today at Connect FCS Ed. In this podcast, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families. If you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. My mission is to get this out in front of as many people as possible to help educate and inform the community that home economics is alive and well. Each week, I will choose one special person to win some Connect FCS Ed swag. So be sure to add your name to the review and I will reach out to you if you're the winner. Thanks again for spending your time with me today. And be sure to visit me at fcspodcast.com for past episodes and more gifts to help spread the word that family and consumer science is today's home economics.